1: Hello, and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Candace Campos, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. Hello. America is known for many iconic foods, but most people would not count tea among them. Well, a pair of Central Florida brothers are looking to change just that they are making the push to bring Yopon tea into the mainstream. The tea was once was pretty common among indigenous people and later those who colonized the southeastern portion of the U.S., but it ended up slipping into obscurity. Well, these brothers are now trying to bring it back while also educating people on its cultural significance. So we are happy to be joined by Brian White, the co-founder and CEO of Yopon Brothers American Tea Company. Welcome.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: I feel like I just went through like a history lesson about This tea. You did. I love this idea. So, where first did you come up with? Let's make tea out of yopon plants.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm a plant nerdy person. Mm-hmm. I'm really into indigenous plant species, especially here in Florida. And as an aside to that, I'm really interested in how to commoditize and commercialize indigenous plants because you know a lot of what we consume on a daily basis is imported. And a lot of that is not super sustainable. So uh, I came across yopon several years ago, and I started reading about it because I'm a nerd. Right. And um, I discovered—well, I didn't discover it. It was common knowledge in some circles. But I learned that yopon is our only native caffeinated plant species in America. So. We import all of our caffeine. Uh, We consume 150 million cups of tea every single day in America and all of it comes from somewhere else. So I thought that this was a really great opportunity to explore a caffeinated alternative beverage that is grown right here in America and Florida.
1: And you were saying that, um, before we started taping this, that this plant is is very well known, it's a salt-loving plant, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, so I mean I'm from New Smyrna Beach, we're salty people, Um, (laughs) a lot of people in Orlando come over and visit us on the weekends, Um, but I first found yopon in New Smyrna where I live, it's growing right across the street from my house, It's a plant that really enjoys a salty environment. And we had a hurricane blow through, and there was a lot of saltwater intrusion into the the woods that killed a lot of vegetation. So a lot of the trees and plants were kind of dead and sad-looking. But there were these um, spurts of green just popping out of that dead stuff, and that happened to be the yopon because it was unaffected by the saltwater. So I was just really fascinated with it, and I wanted to learn about what plant that was. Mm -hmm. And that's how I became introduced with the plant that now our tea is made from.
2: So when did you, so when you were learning about it, you discovered that at one point it was used as a beverage, but it, it was widely used by the indigenous people of the area. Yeah. What, what exactly did they use it for? How did they come to it? Do, you know, What do you know about its history?
0: Yeah, so I mean, prior to colonialism here in Florida, maybe 600 years ago, there were upwards of a million indigenous people living on the Florida Peninsula. So it wasn't like a smattering here and there of backwoodsy cultures. I mean, these were or <laughs> deeply ingrained civilizations that had inhabited Florida for thousands and thousands of years. Matter of fact, there have been human beings inhabiting Florida for at least 8,000 years, probably longer. And that entire time they were consuming Yopon, not just as a food and a beverage that was caffeinated and gets you all fired up in the morning, mm-hmm. but also as a medicine and most importantly to them as a sacrament. So they considered yopan to be a ritualistic ceremonial purifier mm-hmm. that helped purge, and cleanse the body, the mind, the spirit of all sorts of bad things. Uh, So that was the real important role that Yopon played. But even today, you know, there are several indigenous tribes throughout the U.S. that still incorporate Yopon into their various ceremonies and rituals.
1: So So. how did you start incorporating this into a business? So, I mean, this is something that you started researching. Then you said, let me make a tea out of it. And then this company just mm-hmm. bloomed from that?
0: Well, I just knew that it would be an easy way to make tons of money. Uh, <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> but Smart. of course it wasn't, right? Because, <laughs> and I'm an entrepreneur, which means I'm too dumb to quit. Right. So um, you know, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm just going to make a tea business, guys. I mean, I don't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about food. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. Uh, so it's a real rude awakening mm-hmm. that happened very quickly. But like I said, too dumb to quit. Um, at the time, this is about 12 years ago, there was zero commercial supply of Yopon tea available. So you couldn't go online and buy it. You couldn't buy it in a the supermarket. There was just no way yeah. for consumers to yeah. access a product that was made from Yopon. You could go to a nursery and buy a plant, but that's about as close as you could get. So mm-hmm. we really had to build a supply chain from the ground up, which took a really long time and a lot of you know blood, sweat, tears and other people's money. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but nowadays, you know, we produce about 10,000 pounds of Yopon leaves a year, and we sell RT products all over the world, including all Whole Foods markets in the state of Florida. So it's really grown. Uh, people really enjoy it, and I think that they, they identify with it as being a product that's from here. Right. Yeah, they can yeah. be proud of and understand.
2: So, Yopan brothers, you're not alone in this. Yep. <laughs> uh, your brother, his name is, I'm sorry. When, Kyle. Kyle. Yep. Kyle, wait, yes. So what role did he play in this? You're doing all the research, learning all the plant nerd stuff, as you put it. So what's his side of things?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, this harkens back to that time, you know, frolicking around the woods, just nerding out over plants. And mm-hmm. I'm the nerdy plant guy, not him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just needed help. And right. so he's much younger than I was. So he's kind of a high school age kid at the time Mm -hmm. and I just sort of grabbed him in and said hey can you help me with uh with picking these mysterious leaves in the woods, if that doesn't work.
1: (laughs) That's not weird. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? I know.
0: Do some grunt work. (laughs) So he came into it that way, and just sort of his role grew and expanded, Mm -hmm. and he became very interested in entrepreneurship, and he now runs part of the entrepreneurship program at Rollins College. So uh, he's kind of grown the business in that way, uh, takes care of a lot of our sales, and um, is still involved in the day-to-day operations. And then uh, we have another co-founder, whose name is Mark Steele, that's been with the business since the beginning as well.
2: And what's been his role in that?
0: He started out as uh, my brother's mentor. So mm-hmm. in in uh, his school, they had like student motivators, and you'd have to have a successful person come in and help you through whatever tribulations you mm-hmm. face as a high school student. So that was Mark's role. And uh, Kyle told him that he was in the woods with me picking leaves, mm-hmm. and of course mm-hmm. that like alerted his. You know, uh, this doesn't like anytime your <laughs> older brother is saying, "Come pick herbs in the middle yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the woods." Like throws up a bunch of red flags, yes. you know. So <laughs> he he became really interested. And of course, once he found out what we were doing, he just was sort of uh, enamored with it and has been with us ever since.
1: And speaking so, of schools, I mean, you guys are also working with the University of Florida studying mm-hmm. yopon. So I mean, not only are you guys making a business, but it seems like you guys are really you know trying to feed the future of of this plant.
0: Yeah, so starting with um, the citrus greening crisis, Mm -hmm. which has impacted so many citrus growers in the state of Florida, and we've lost 40,000-plus jobs due to that catastrophic pathogen that came here on shipping material, we started thinking about offering yopon as an alternative crop to Florida farmers, and um, that's really taken off. So we've planted Mm -hmm. about 70,000 trees just in Florida alone in the past year. Uh, Some of those are old citrus growers, some of them are growing other things, Mm -hmm. but the idea is uh, the farmers grow it for us, and then we purchase all the output and use that to create our products. So we really look at it as uh, a new industry for not just Florida, but the southeast in general, Mm -hmm. because farmers can grow something that's evolved to thrive here in our climate. You know, it's not a non-native crop, it's something that has uh, evolved to, to be very successful in our our area.
2: So how many farmers does that translate to? We said about 70, some odd thousand plants. We have about 20
0: farmers signed up That's right great. now. The larger The largest farm we have has about 20,000 trees, and then they go down from there. Some of them are really small, you know, mm-hmm. 1,000 or 2,000 trees. Some of them somewhere in the middle. But it's not just in Florida. I mean, we have a whole another operation in the Mississippi Delta. It's called Yazoo Yopan. We've got several thousand trees there. Um, and we have other farms all throughout the Southeast. So mostly in Florida, we started here, but it's since expanded, uh, to encompass other regions as well.
1: So let's talk about the product. It's, it's a salt living plant. So is it a little salty? What does it taste like? Can you compare it to another tea or do we not do that?
0: We can do that. Okay. I, mean, okay. I I think it's good to compare it to tea because most people know what tea tastes like. Right. Um, it is a salt-loving plant, but it doesn't taste salty, so you don't have to worry about some salty tea. It didn't sound very good to me. <laughs> um, it tastes a lot like the tea that you're used to, but one major difference is that Yopan is not bitter at all. So it has much less tannin than traditional mm-hmm. tea, which tea is its own plant called Camellia sinensis that plant has a very high tannin content, which makes it bitter and astringent. Mm-hmm. Yopon has a lot less tannin than tea, so it doesn't have that astringency. So that means a couple mm. things, right? A couple big differences. You can't oversteep it, so you can steep it as long as you want and water as hot as you want, and it will never get bitter like tea does. Uh, it also won't stain your teeth because that's what is doing it is the tannin. So mm. I think those are two positive attributes very that right. it has yeah. against tea, but otherwise the flavor is, Quite similar to, you know, like a green tea. Yeah. And what's
2: the caffeine content like?
0: About Mm -hmm. the same as tea. Okay. Uh, So maybe a third less than coffee. Uh, Because our yopan comes from the wild. The caffeine content is variable because it's controlled by nature, Mm -hmm. so it depends on a lot of things, like how much rainfall do we get, how hot was it, blah, 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 Um, but generally speaking, it's between 30 and 60 milligrams a cup, so a healthy smattering of caffeine, you know, but not so much that you feel jittery and you crash, Um, not to mention, aside from caffeine, yopon has other stimulant properties, so one compound that it contains is called theobromine which is mm-hmm. related to caffeine and that is the thing that makes you feel nice when you eat chocolate so uh-huh. you know you eat chocolate and you're like mm, that you just, good. yeah I, I love life right now <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. Well, that's part of it's because chocolate's awesome but another part is that it's actually a chemical response in your brain to something that's naturally in chocolate called theobromine and that is also naturally in yopon
1: so you want to feel good drink your drink this tea yes there you go yes. i like that so right. mm-hmm. feel
0: amazing at mm-hmm. that
1: uh, we were talking about the new production facility. This mm-hmm. is some big news. Like this is something that's, you know, up and coming. So let's yeah. talk about this this new production facility and the cafe.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Yes. So uh, we did just open a brand new tea factory. It's in Edgewater, which is just to the south side of New Smyrna Beach, you know, maybe 10 minutes south of there. Um, we used to just have... a manufacturing facility, and that's it. It was very small. We outgrew it a long time ago. <laughs> and because we were so crammed in there, we couldn't show people what we were doing, which we really wanted to do. But it wasn't safe or appropriate, you know, to have people in this crammed manufacturing right. space. So we designed this new facility with the intention of having people come in and actually seeing the process. And of education,
1: because, I mean, yeah, really, you're yeah. you're a nerd at heart with these I'm players, a nerd at and heart. And you want the nerds <laughs> to come I in. I want to spread see- the
0: love. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I think, Consumers these days, they really want provenance and authenticity in their food. Sure. You know, they want to see who's making it, where is it being made, what's going into it. So they, I mean, that's how they trust the process. So we really wanted the ability to bring people in and show them, you know, that what we're doing is uh, clean and healthy and something you could trust. So that's what you can do now. Uh, You can go to our factory, which is at 504 Pullman Road in Edgewater. We're open for tours every day. And then we have a cafe and a gift shop attached to it so you can try all the teas. Mm -hmm. We feature a whole suite of other locally produced products there. So, you know, lots of good stuff. We're trying to incorporate the community. We want it to be a community-focused space. Uh, We have a whole demonstration garden there so people can see all of the different forms of Yopon that are available. And it's just sort of bringing the community in to be a part of what we do.
2: What's been the reaction from the community so far?
0: Super positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're kind of hyping it up uh, to get people excited. But (laughs) I think that it worked. You know, I mean, especially in New Smyrna, but even in Orlando, I feel like our brand, our Yopon Brothers brand, has become sort of ubiquitous. Like people know what we do. At least they have an idea. Mm -hmm. So I think that people are really excited about having the ability to actually come see it and be a part of it. Yeah. So you were
1: talking about in the cafe, there's different flavors and things mm-hmm. like that. So what's, what's like your big seller? Just the, the plain Jane, the fire roasted the OG. Yeah. What's the OG?
0: I would say the OG is the American green American because green that is like just Yopon. Nothing else added. There's no heat. It's very minimally processed. It's all certified organic. So super clean, you know, raw ingredients. The fire roasted, which is the one that's here is uh, really popular. It's our most popular brand on Amazon. Um, I don't know why that is, but it is, and. Mm-hmm. It's really something we created to try and pay homage to indigenous people and how they processed and prepared Yopan historically. So they didn't have a way to like a fancy facility to dry out leaves over time Mm -hmm. in this very like elegant low and slow process. They had to do it quickly, the leaves would spoil. So they would roast them over a fire until they reached a smoke point and then they would put liquid over top of that and just boil it, boil it, boil it. And that's what became known as the black drink Um, Mm -hmm. And our fire roasted is sort of meant to be reminiscent of Mm -hmm. that. It's not exactly the same, obviously, but we just want to sort of enlighten people that that process existed. Yeah.
2: And, you know, have you had like indigenous peoples or indigenous tribes in the area, like reach out to you and, you know, express any sort of feelings about this this process that you guys have undertaken
0: yeah I mean we haven't had a lot of indigenous tribes in Florida reach out to mm. us because there's simply not that many right. uh, like you have the Seminole and the Miccosukee and South Florida but that's pretty much it. I mean, there were a whole group, a whole civilization of indigenous tribes before the Seminole and the Miccosukee. Like in our area, they were called the Timucua. If you went a little further south, they would be the Osceola, the Calusa, the Ocale, the Aguadulce, the Patano, the Apalachee. Like these were all groups that existed for thousands of years, them and their um, their descendants. But we do work with indigenous groups all throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. So uh, we support directly through our sales pipeline. So if you buy tea on our website, part of the proceeds go to an indigenous-run nonprofit. That's called Natives. That's the North American traditional and indigenous food system. So that is a, a chef, a Sioux chef, an Oglala Sioux chef in Minneapolis. He has a restaurant there that is all indigenous ingredients called a So that's oh, wow. like really legit, I mean, I think Esquire and New York Times just named it one of the best restaurants in America, so it's a big deal. But he's really painstakingly gone through all throughout North America, not just the, what is today America, but all throughout the continent and pieced together you know, lost indigenous cuisine. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, there's Italian cuisine, there's Mexican cuisine, there's German right. cuisine, blah, blah, But uh, n- everybody's sort of just forgotten or misunderstood indigenous cuisine and the fact that there is actually fair you know, that has been consumed, you know, like we consume food for Mm -hmm. for a really long time. So it's sort of bringing back that lost art. So we support that directly. And then in addition to that, we're distributed by a couple indigenous-owned distributors. Mm -hmm. Uh, The biggest one is called Sweetgrass Trading. That's owned by the Winnebago tribe up in Nebraska. And then we have a smaller one in Oklahoma. It's called the Eufaula Indian Community Distributorship. So there's a couple different outlets yeah. there. Um, we've done smaller things with certain indigenous groups outside of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just informing and educating people so they understand all of this history that belongs to all of us. And, and yeah. come, come
1: to appreciate it. You yeah, know? that's right. I mean, I've right. probably driven by, yeah. you know, yopon plants a million times, but it's yeah. one of those things yeah. that it's like, I'm here. I've always been here. <laughs> always been there. Right. I, you're right.
0: And, and this was a plant that was always at the cornerstone of civilization. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was something that wasn't just consumed casually. I mean, it was, but it was also revered. You know, this was a sacrament. This was mm-hmm. like... A a sacred thing. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's in a way uh, restoring it to its rightful place, mm-hmm. which has always been at the cornerstone of society, you know, and whether it's indigenous civilization hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. or modern society today, I think it makes a little difference. It's just the fact that we should be re examining the food that comes from here.
2: Yeah. And have you received any interest from the state itself in so far as, you know, seeing this as a potential replacement crop for people who have dealt with citrus greening and other issues like that? Mm-hmm. Do you think they're listening? <laughs> they
1: <laughs> might. <laughs> they might. never know. Uh, I, don't,
0: I don't know. It's kind of complicated. I would say not enough, right? I mean, I think that the state, I'm not saying, I'm not pointing anybody. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a lot of shiny object syndrome, you know, like mm-hmm. hemp will come along or something else. Mm-hmm. And that gobbles up a lot of funding, a lot of attention. But, I mean, we do work with state organizations. We've been involved with uh, the Department of Agriculture, what's called their Ag Innovation Work Group. Um, I've been on that panel for a while. Um, We've worked very closely with the University of Florida with their their extension service. So, yeah, I mean, there has been some promotion um, on the state level promoting yopon as an alternative crop isn't enough definitely not mm-hmm. but it's better than nothing right so, right. so yeah. what's
1: next what's what's in the future everything yeah yes. we're taking
0: <laughs> over the world good um well i i think the sky's the limit like mm-hmm. i really look at it uh, in a holistic way you know tea is the natural first place to start for yopon, but Yopon has so many applications. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be in everything. Like we have a beauty line coming out called Elixir. Really? That's going to oh. incorporate Yopon in its formulations. So this is something that, you know, okay, yeah, you can drink it. It's good for the inside of your body, but it's also good for the outside of your body. You know, so this is something yeah. you could apply on your skin mm. um, that has, you know, various benefits. We look at nutraceutical value for Yopon, um, beauty and skincare products for Yopon, uh, alcoholic products. We did a beer with Playa Linda Brewing that was served at the Food and Wine Festival. EBCOT that was really well received nice. um, we're working on a gin with, uh, mm. with sugar works distilling which is in New Smyrna Beach and that is a gin with all the botanicals are indigenous so everything that you would normally find in the juniper, or the bay leaf everything is what? our indigenous uh. version of that so it's so, really just I think breaking down the food system that's always been here mm-hmm. and learning how to apply it to like a modern consumer, a modern palate, how do we get regular people excited about it how do we make great products that they want to buy i think that's where we're headed i mean
1: think about kale you know yeah. five years ago kale, yeah. no one could give a you know what about kale and yeah. all of a sudden it was quote a superfood and mm-hmm. you know so I, I feel like this could actually be something like that sure you, know?
0: you could absolutely you
1: could put it on your face you can drink it you yeah. can
0: and unlike kale it. it actually tastes good
1: Exactly. <laughs> you do No you offense. Know, add a million different We're going
0: to have vegans coming after <laughs> us now. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I can take it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Are there any other indigenous plants that you're looking at to make a similar push with.
1: Where should I be searching for these plants? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if I
2: want to reveal my secrets. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, there are. Like, we're working with a mint right now. It's an indigenous mint here in Florida. It's called Kleinopodium, or it's known as brown savory. It's just delicious. You know, it's a mint, so it tastes minty, but it's got mm. this sweet quality. It's just no one's used it. You know, it's nothing mm. wrong with it. Right. Um, so the idea is it's not super easy to develop these supply chains uh, but it's not impossible and i think that people will enjoy the products so Mm We're looking at that. We have a plant that's called Simpson Stopper. Uh, it's called Mercy Fragrance. Fragrance. We distill a, a wonderful essential oil out of that that's very fragrant and kind of citrusy. That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So speaking of supplies, where can people find you online? You said that you are in some stores and mm-hmm. you're on Amazon, you've mentioned. So yep. give us a breakdown of where we can find you guys.
0: Oh, my favorite part. Shameless plug. Yes, okay. yeah. do it. Um, so we are in all Whole Foods stores. Congrats. That's huge. In the that's state of huge. Florida. Yep, yeah. that's big. Uh, people can support us there that really does help us because we love the products to come from Whole Foods Uh, we do all of the tea program at all foxtail coffee locations so there's I think 30 or 31 of those now so we did the entire tea program there Um, you can find us at little retailers in Orlando like infusion tea carries Mm us Um, you can of course find us on our website which is YoponBrothers.com. you can find our Mississippi products at yazoo which is y-a-z-o-o and you can also find us on Amazon, but you notice I put that last, yes. so yes, buy the other ones first. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Maybe. laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for, for like you. I mean, first for teaching us all about this and creating such a great product and I can't wait to, to try it.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Brian White. You can find more about his business online at Yoponbrothers.com. You can also find it on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6. And on Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, and our director, Chris Snyder. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or tell a friend about us. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on ClickOrlando.com slash Florida Foodie. And be sure to sign up for the Florida Foodie newsletter while you're there.